Well, I'd like for you to go on a journey with me. The day is December 11th. It's a Wednesday, and the time is approximately 1 p.m. And the reason I know this is because I was there, and it's a national semifinal game for the Pop Warner Super Bowl. Anybody play Pop Warner? No one. Awesome. One man. Thanks, Pete. And I'm playing middle linebacker, and I, the whole game, I am geared up to hit the hole as hard as I can every single time. I don't know what they were feeding the, the running backs in Virginia Beach, but they were huge. I don't know how they were huge, because there was a weight limit in this league, but they were huge. So I'm hitting the hole hard every single time, and let's face it, I'm getting run over every single time, until everything changed. And things changed when the coach called a drop back into coverage. And I took a couple step back, and boom, pop pass right over the middle. Ball ended up right in my hands. I have no idea because I have butterfingers. And I took off 65 yards to the house. The house is obviously a touchdown. <laughs> 65 yards. And, and after that, my teammates gave me a nickname, ATM. Not a money teller, but the automatic touchdown machine. <laughs> Which is weird, because I only scored one touchdown the whole year. So how could I automatically become an automatic touchdown machine if I had only scored one touchdown the whole year? And this identity that was spoken over me as this ATM guy, it carried on into the rest of the week. And I abandoned the normal friends because they weren't ATMs. And I began to hang out with the kids who were faster, stronger, and the ones who actually scored the touchdowns. And I, I let this identity that was spoken over me change me into somebody that I wasn't necessarily. And I think if, if we're all being honest, growing up, I, I think back to elementary school, and I had a sweet bowl cut. It was blonde in the summers. That, that was pretty cool. And I had tube socks, and I wore jorts. Jorts are a combination of jeans and shorts. They were cool back then. They're not anymore, okay? And some of us in here growing up, we found our identity in a sweet mullet. It, the, it was either the lack of hair or the, the weirdness of the hair, but we found our identity in a mullet. And then there's a generation of us in here who, who listened to the Beatles, and they found their identity as somebody who just let it be. And I think the reason for this is because there's a longing in our souls. There's an emptiness in our souls for us to be something, for us to have something come and fill the emptiness that we have. And today I want to talk to you about finding your identity in the great I am and why earthly identity is a scam. And the three scams that, that I'm labeling are acceptance, agreement, and achievement or accomplishments. All right, so if you would, um, if you're not already open to your Bible, I'd like for you to open there, page 974, and we're going to get right into the scripture. So for the sake of content, I, I love content, and some of you may have noticed that we're right smack dab in the middle of an argument from Paul on are we saved by faith? Or are we saved by the works of the law? And we're not going to get into the law, even, even though it is, um, it's tied into this scripture reading. Uh, but what I want to do is to just catch us up 
And we're in the Christmas season. Uh, we're a couple days after Christmas now. It's still considered the Christmas season until Epiphany. Um, and, and I want to talk about the real reason for this Christmas season. And that Christ came to dwell, but he came to do much more than to just dwell with us. So if you would look at, at chapter 4, verse 4, Paul says this. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. So in this Christmas season, I, I, we're not going to talk about the law. We're going to talk about the reason that Christ came. And because of what he did and what he accomplished here on earth, we have an identity out of that. So because of what he did, I want to talk about who we are. All right? So the first scam this morning that I want to talk about is acceptance. You see it up there on the screens. And the acceptance, the world claims that if you just try harder, that if you just try enough, if you, if you try hard and, and enough, that you can be a better you. I call it the Oprah gospel. You can be a better you if you just try hard enough. We try to wear the right clothes and say the right things in hopes to impress other, others in order to obtain their acceptance. Just this, this past week, uh, some of you actually may be in here, I, I invited a bunch of our high school guys to go play flag football. And the thing I know about high schoolers is they're always late, they're never on time. So, of course, I'm standing in, out, out here at Thunderbolt Park, and it begins to rain. So I'm out there standing alone in the rain because the high schoolers aren't there. And if you're familiar with the field, there is a pavilion over there. So I decided to go sit under the, the pavilion. Well, the thing about the pavilion is that there are already about 12 high schoolers over there, and I only knew one of them. So I went over there to get away from the rain, and, and I said, hey, man, it's good to see you. And, and all the other high schoolers acknowledged me, which means they didn't look at me or say anything to me because that's how high schoolers are. And I'm just standing there awkwardly, like, with, with my, like, foot up on the bench. And, I, like, I didn't really know how to stand because high schoolers are intimidating when they're in groups. And, <laughs> and I, it, it was the weirdest thing. They, they just all started to leave, and they were talking about going to McDonald's because that's the thing to do when you're in high school. And there were three left over. And to the three left over, I, I said this. Hey, guys, you know, I would love... If you, uh, if you would just stay and, and play a game of football, you don't know me, but uh, I got some guys coming. We're going to get a game going. It's going to be awesome. And they're, they're kind of like walking away, and I'm thinking, I don't really know how this is going to go. And they stopped, and they looked at me, and they said, how old are you? <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. The, is it the receding hairline? Is it the beard? What, like, what is it? And immediately, I felt this rejection that I wasn't accepted, or that I was too old to maybe play with the younger generation. And as they left, they were like, well, we're 18, so we're going to go eat. <laughs> and I just felt this sense of complete rejection. My question is, have you bought into the scam of acceptance, of earthly acceptance? Have you bought into it? In preparation of this sermon, I bought into it. I was, I was trying to be accepted by those high schoolers. It never works. But Paul, the gospel, de declares something so different in chapter 4, verse 5. He says that Christ came to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. 
So in Christ, we are accepted as sons and daughters of God. We're, ado- we're adopted into a family that, that gives complete acceptance. No matter what we do, no matter, no matter how, times, how many times we fail, we belong no matter what the world says. And I leave you with this. Don't fear about being accepted. Your father owns the place. So when we walk around, we have to recognize our identity in Christ. And our father owns the place. So walk around like you know that. The second scam of earthly identity is agreement. And if you don't like the word agreement, just think unity. And the world says that if we could just have unity, if we could have peace, things would be much better. But is that the case? When you flip on the news and any TV station, you, you see all the, the uprisings and the, the things going on in, in other countries, and you think, we are living in a culture that is all about me, 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 me. Me, myself, and I. And I have a, a slide up here, Francis, if you'd like to put that on. I found this on Instagram. If it was your Instagram, hopefully, I don't think you said this, but somebody did say this. And it says, I am who I am. I like what I like. I love who I love. I do what I want. Get off my back and deal with it. It's my life, not yours. And that just about sums up the world that we live in. It's me, me, me. How can I get the most out of this situation for me? What can I do to get something out of that? If I give something, what am I going to get in return? And it's all about me. Have you bought into the scam of earthly agreement or earthly unity? Because it's not so much about the unity. It's all about me. And the gospel paints a much different picture. If you look in chapter 3, verse 28, Paul says there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, and there's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. Picture it like this. We're we're talking football earlier, and you have a football team. And and imagine if you just have a bunch of guys who are all about themselves. All they want to do is get paid. They want to make the Pro Bowl. They want to make all-star to whatever it is. And you have a bunch of guys living for themselves. It's destructive for the team. It's destructive for the organization that they play for. But the gospel paints a much different picture than that. Paul says that all, that all things agree in Christ. That in Christ, all barriers have been broken down. And you could almost read this verse as this. That neither black man nor white man, neither poor man nor rich man, neither male nor female. That we're all one in Christ. All social classes are broken down. We are all one in the eyes of Christ. Famous pastor up in North, or North Carolina, New York, Tim Keller says this about unity and about agreement. As recipients of grace, we know that our blessings come unearned. And so our pride in our race, our pride in our status, and our pride in our gender is removed. We know we are sinners like everyone else. There's no reason for us to think of ourselves as better than or to exclude others. 
We are all sinners adopted by grace. Find your identity in the great I am and recognize the scam of earthly identity. And the last and final scam of earthly identity that I would like to talk to you about is achievement or accomplishments. No matter how hard we try to achieve the best gamer, any World of Warcraft players in here? Maybe, I don't know. That's a thing with the high schoolers, you might not know about it. If you try to to be the the best gamer, there's always going to be somebody who's better than you. If you try to be the richest man or woman in Fleming Island, Florida, just go to Orange Park. There may be somebody richer there than you. You try to be the best athlete or the best looking. There's always somebody faster, bigger, and stronger, and there's always somebody better looking. Just go to the GQ magazine. There's always going to be a newer and nicer version of the things that you buy. Any iPhone 6 people? Anyone get one for Christmas? Maybe? Okay, one person. There's a new one coming out in six months. Anyone get any shoes for Christmas? They're probably going to be scuffed in a week. They're not going to look as nice as they did when you first got them. And the fads that are going on right now at this time are going to be completely different next year. But yet we've bought in to the scam of our accomplishments and our achievements and the things that we strive after. But the gospel says something much different. It paints a bigger and better picture for accomplishments. Chapter 3, verse 29 says that if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. So we are heirs in Christ. And an heir usually means that that you inherit something from a deceased father or or family or, or whatever will that you've been written into. So what have we achieved in Christ? If you go back to Genesis 12 and Genesis 17, God lays out a covenant with Abraham. And he promises him many things, most of which have to do with land and a promise of many descendants. But there are two things that are extremely important that I believe that we inherit as believers of Christ. And those two things are a relationship with God. And the other thing is that we receive the blessing of God. In Genesis, he says that I will be their God when he's speaking to Abraham. He said, I will be their God. And that he would bless the families from Abraham. So when thinking about possessions, I, I think about Christ's words in Matthew 6, 19. He says, do not lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves cannot break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. My question is, where is your heart at? Is your heart in Christ? Does Christ have your heart? Because our achievements, our accomplishments, our goals, when we take glory for them, it is destructing to the kingdom of God. It's never about us. It's always about him. Find your identity in the great I am. 
because earthly identity is a scam. And in closing, I have two applications, one for the Christian and one for the non-Christian who, are, who is present. For the Christian, I want to challenge you over the rest of this Christmas season and into the new year to spend some time reflecting on which identity you've been walking in. I think about it as, as a line, and you have a line, and you're, you're straddling the line, and, and one side is the world, and the other is Christ. Are you straddling that line? Are you still buying into the scheme and the scam of acceptance, agreement, and achievement that this world has to offer? Because I can tell you that it won't last forever, and the emptiness will begin to rise up in you again. And I have this question for that person in here. If you were accused of being a Christian in the court of law, would there be enough evidence to convict you? And if you're that Christian in here who says, hey, I, I know that I'm, I'm fully walking in the, the identity that God has laid out for my life, then I challenge you to come to our next network class which happens on January 10th. It's a Saturday morning from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. And in that class, you're going to have a great opportunity to find out what your specific spiritual gifts are so that you can use them to build up the kingdom of God. And I challenge you to go to that. And to the non-Christian in here, I've been in your shoes. I was in your shoes for about 20 years. And in two Sundays will mark the four-year anniversary that I realized the scam of this world and that I was a poster child for it. Just broken and pursuing everything that this world has to offer. And it took a huge slap in the face. It was more than a slap in the face, but it took me that to realize that I need Jesus and I need to walk in his identity. My challenge for you is to let God in. Recognize that the things of this world, that the pursuits that you have, there's always going to be emptiness in it. I challenge you to take God up on what he has for you and the identity that he has set up before time. I challenge you, and I, I'd like for you to hear these words in Revelation. We'll be done. Jesus says, Revelation 22, verse 16. He says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take water Take the water of life without price. To the non-Christian, there is no fee. It's been paid by Christ. Are you thirsty? Then receive Christ, who has water forever. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for being Lord of the universe, for stepping into a broken and sinful world this Christmas season to redeem those of us who have been enslaved to the principles of this world. My prayer is, is for the Christian to, 
to pursue their identity in you, or that they would work for the kingdom and that you would get all of the glory. My prayer for the non-Christian is that they would turn to you and that they would recognize that you have water, water for life, and that it never runs out. Thank you, Jesus.